through the worship this morning, the very atmosphere of heaven into the earth. Is that not awesome, Wesley? That's what worship will do. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven, he said. And he said, that's what you've done, Wes, with the worship this morning. We brought the very, I, could you not sense it, the atmosphere of heaven coming to the earth right where you are? Praise God. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you to our worship team. Wow. Thank you, Lord. You know, we, we quote the word where, you know, that it changes the atmosphere, that he inhabits, rather, it inhabits the atmosphere, but it absolutely changes my atmosphere and, and, and your soul. You know, when the, when the atmosphere of heaven moved in through worship, your soul was set free. Your soul was ministered to, and it's like all that pressure that you might have had before you came, it just leaves because of the atmosphere change. Praise God. Powerful, powerful. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about fight the good fight for faith. It says fight the good fight of faith, but I changed that. But there is a fight for faith. We are in this world, but the word says we are not of this world. If I'm not of this world, then I have a new lifestyle. We have a new lifestyle. Like he said, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to go to very familiar scriptures. But we're going to open our mind up today as if we've never heard it before. And we're going to be receptive to what the Holy Spirit has to say. So go to Romans um, chapter 12. And we're going to read verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, the understood subject, Janine, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies. Your body's not dead. It's living. It's alive. It's moving. Every part in it is moving. Present every part of your body as a living sacrifice. Holy, holy, holy. I love that song. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which is your intelligent thing to do. To present our body to him as one that moves. One that's alive. My body's alive unto God. My body's alive unto the word of God. You hear that body? You're alive unto the word of God this morning and you're going to receive something. Amen. And it's an intelligent thing for us to do that. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that my body may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That my life will be proof of the word of God. My everyday life will prove the word of God. So, Romans 12, 1 and 2 deals with the body and the soul. And the New Living Translation says this. 
And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And you know, you go back, well, I'm not going to get into that. I'll, I'll be off track. Okay. This is truly the way to worship him by presenting our body to him. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, you know, when we read these things, uh, you need to stop and think about what's he telling me. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. There is so much in that statement from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read it again. Let me find my place here. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You see, we just presented our life and our body to him. And what we've been doing is copying the behavior and the custom of this world system. He says, don't do that. Don't do that. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Now that's really important. Every lady in here, we need to know what God's will is for us, for me as an individual and you as an individual. I think Lou and I were talking earlier this morning and she made the statement, you will know. Well, that's what he's talking about, Lou. You will know what God's will is for you it, in your situation. Where it, with mine, it's for me in my situation and my lifestyle. Okay? So I will know that. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and it's pleasing and perfect. Okay? So we know... The mind is a very important part of our soul. And our lifestyle is the result of our state of mind. Right? Stop and think about that. My lifestyle today, where this very day, is the result of the state of my mind. So we need, we need to write that down. We need to stop and think about it. Let the Holy Spirit minister to us. Well, so what is your lifestyle every morning? Some of you have spoken what your lifestyle is every morning. And I love what Barbara said. She gets up and she gets dressed and she puts her makeup on. She does that for herself. There are mornings very seldom that I don't put makeup on. But when I pass the mirror and see me, I'll go back and put makeup on. <laughs> I said, who is that woman in that mirror, you know? But it makes me feel better about myself, and that's okay, girls. We need to feel good about ourselves because when I look at myself and, I'm, and, and, and I don't have makeup, I don't like what I see. You know what I mean? And so it actually makes me feel better. It makes me feel better, and I like to feel better, don't you? So what our, our mind is very important, so... Uh, What is, in, what is your lifestyle where I ended every morning? What does your mind and your thoughts telling your body every morning? That's a good thought. When I wake up in the morning, what is my mind 
telling my body, you're going to get up out of here. All right, I'll, I think I'll just set the snooze alarm. That's a wrong thing to do. It really is. Well, I'll let the Holy Spirit deal with that. Okay. <laughs> so our mind, after the new birth, has to go through a process of change. It, well, they call it metamorphosis. Our, after we're born again, since our mind, our soul, was not born again, it has to go through some changes, which is a process. So encourage yourself in this process. Don't get down on yourself like, oh, I failed that, I didn't do that right today, or whatever. Encourage yourself instead, because it's a process. And I'm telling you, and some of us have more years of the process than some of you do. So start now. Because it is a, sometimes a, a process. It depends on what it is in each of our lives. So anyway, so uh, in, it has to go through a process of metamorphosis in order for there to be permanent changes in our life. And that's what we're going after. We're going after permanent changes in our life. So... You know, write that down. I'm going for permanent change in my life. Amen? That's what we want. And that's what the Word will bring. But don't get discouraged with yourself. You know, as one of the translations we're going to leave here in a minute, roll up your sleeves and do something. Okay? So I looked up the word metamorphosis. It is the physical transformation after the embryonic state such as the tadpole to the frog. How many of you, well, you little city girls, you won't know this, but I mean, we used to go to the pond, and we'd take a fruit jar. In those days, we had fruit jars. And we would take these little things, and we would catch those tadpoles. See, some of you are not city. And we'd put them in a jar of water and take them home. But that was, that was not what, you, what was really in there. That tadpole had some changes coming. There was a metamorphosis to that tadpole. And that's what he's saying with us as our body and our lifestyle. It has to go through metamorphosis after we're born again. And so he went on to say, <clears throat> the tadpole to the frog. There's more life in that tadpole than what we are seeing. There's more life in your body than what you've been seeing. Hallelujah. Amen. There's more life in that body. Yeah. Praise God. Don't just accept being a tadpole. <laughs> Turn into a frog. Amen. Because, the, uh, listen to this. Anyway, it goes on to say the caterpillar to the butterfly. You know, we, we use that example a lot. But it is such a complete change that is able to have a totally different lifestyle and when we renew our mind it's letting go of something in exchange for something else you're letting go of something in exchange for something else so that's that's part of the process the tadpole loses its gills and gains legs and lungs. Totally different lifestyle for that tadpole. 
Amen? There's a process of change that takes place. And the same thing with the butterfly, with a caterpillar. I'm telling you, it is beautiful. And we like to tell everyone, you know, that you're actually beautiful on the inside. And we've got to let that come out. We've got to let that come out. Don't just remain a caterpillar, a worm, but get some life in you and... and Get some wings and spread them and, you know, become that beautiful butterfly because you really are. That's the thing about it. You really are. So I love that where you said the tadpole loses its gills and gains its legs and lungs. Praise God. So what am I supposed to learn from this? You ever ask yourself questions like that? Well, I will be exchanging always being led by the senses. Or my emotions, my feelings, and all of this, for the ability to walk in love, to walk in kindness and wisdom, into having the lifestyle God has provided for me. That's the process that we've been going through. We're exchanging being led by the unrenewed soul into a soul that becomes kind. To a soul that has wisdom. Uh, Mark Evans, I was listening to one of his, I listened to a couple of his teachings the other morning. One of them was on wisdom. It was really, really, really great teaching on wisdom because we all, we all have got to have wisdom in our life. And then I, the next one that followed was on habits. And it was very, very good. Um, there's so much involved in wisdom, even with where habits are concerned. But it was great teaching on wisdom, and I appreciate that, because we have so many decisions that we're faced with. I was talking with a lady. <coughs> she called me by accident. Yesterday, I'm not going to call her name. Some of you would know her. Some, most of you would not. But anyway, she said, Lisa, this is so-and-so. I said, well, good morning. This is not Lisa, but this is Bonnie. And anyway, so I love this lady dearly, but um, her husband had passed away a couple of years ago. And she doesn't have the blessing in her life that I have of my children. And she has so many decisions to make. And those of us that are in Bucko Group would know this lady. A huge, monstrous home. Well... She has so many decisions that she has to make, and, and it was no accident that she called me because I mean, we must have talked for 15 minutes. But, but she needs people in her life so bad to help her to know what to do. We're talking about uh, lawyers. We're talking about decisions, the wisdom that Mark got into. She needs wisdom and I don't know what the Holy Spirit had me to say to her, but we talked for about 15 minutes. And I believe that the Holy Spirit spoke what she needed to hear. And she was so encouraged when she got off the phone. You know, in fact, she said something about her husband. And I said, well, your hu my husband's in heaven visiting with yours. You know, and it was just a fun until we got into the need of her life. She is... Needing wisdom. So much wisdom. So I believe 
And, and, and after I talked with her a long time, I said, I added some things to this, to my confession, that I have the tongue of the learned, and I know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh my ear morning by morning to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And I've added to that, I hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say, when to say, what to say, and where to say. I've added that to my confession. And girls, if we don't have in us what you need, how are we going to share it with them? That's how important this word is to you and it is to me. We've got, I've got to have in me, if you call me, even if by mistake, she thought, that I have in me exactly what she needs to hear. We are important to each other. You are important to, to, to people. And what Barbara shared with me is, listen, somebody's grabbing that. They're getting a hold of your testimony of how to use your faith, what to do with your faith. So I don't know why I got off on that. Somebody need to hear it, I guess. So you're exchanging the way the old soul used to be the way the, the word teaches us to be. And, and part of that is to have wisdom and kindness. Um, the word kindness is so important to me because we're listening to people. We, we can't afford to get aggravated. <laughs> if we get aggravated with them, and, and you know, there's people that you hear may come to you constantly, but it's the same, th same old thing, same old thing. Just be kind and listen. That may be all they need is for you to be a listener. So we need wisdom in all these things. So we are to exchange the way we used to talk to the way God talks. Now that's something to pause and think about. And one of my favorite scriptures is in Ephesians. And I want us to go to Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians. And um, chapter 4. Let me see where I want to go with this. Oh, the, the, I tell you, this Ephesians 4 is so good. I mean, it's, it deals so much with the, our soul. But I want to start with verse uh, 22. Now, remember, we're talking about the soul, nourishing the soul, and, and because it is in this world and it wants to act like the world. But he says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the former lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put put on the new man. You know, when he's talking about the spirit of the mind, he's talking about your attitude. For one thing, be renewed in your, in your attitude. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteous and true holiness. We sang about holiness today. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And the way the Lord always ministered that verse 26 to me was, don't go to bed with the devil. That's good. Don't go to bed with the devil. That's what he's saying. 
Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So, neither give place to the devil is what he says. So don't give, you know, that's just one of the things he ministered to me. Now then, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, and that he may have to give to him that needeth. Now here's where I wanted to go, but all of these things in this chapter are dealing with the soul of man. Okay. Now this is one of the scriptures that we learned back when we first started hearing the faith message umpteen, umpteen years ago. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth except that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. What he's saying there is, so don't, when he talks about don't grieve the Holy Spirit, don't stop the working of the Holy Spirit. But what you're saying, he's talking about corrupt mouth here, corrupt conversations. If, if our conversation is corrupt, it will stop the working of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's saying here. Well, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't stop the working of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we wonder, well, what happened? Well, it's probably our mouth. Because the Holy Spirit obeys the word of God coming out of your mouth. Amen? So... Then he goes on to say, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So I really wanted to uh, say more about that verse 29. That is so, so important. Now this is what the complete Jewish Bible says about verse 29. Let no harmful language come from your mouth. Only good words that are helpful in meeting the need. Words that will benefit those who hear them. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Now we're talking about our soul here and the process that it's going through. And the words of our mouth are so important around people. Okay? And the God's Word translation says this. Don't say anything that would hurt. Wow. Instead, speak only what is good so that you can give help wherever it is needed. That way, what you say will help those who hear you. Now, I'm going to read that God's Word translation again. Don't say anything that would hurt. Stop about that. Think about that. And it gets back to, who was it? Cindy, you were talking about the intentions of our words. Sometimes the intention, we may be saying the right, this, the, the right thing, but what's the intention behind it? So don't say what might be true with the intention of hurting somebody. And what we're doing is excusing ourselves. And I praise God, y'all... We all have to fight this because we want to say and we want to correct. <laughs> but I have to say, Lord, put a watch over my mouth and let me speak when, the, you know, when, where, how, and all of that, the tongue of the learned. 
because we can't just blurt out. Even though it might be true, we just can't blurt out something to somebody if it's going to hurt them. You know, we have to know when to speak it, where to speak it, and how to speak it with a kindness. And, and there's some, some things with some people that I'm working on that he's saying not now. Do not do that. Do not say that now. They're not ready to hear because they will receive it as judgment. Now, somebody needs that. You're wanting to say something. But wait till the when, where, and how. Because I'm telling you, they will receive it as judgment. And therefore, it will bring a separation in your relationship. Right? Okay. Okay, so. I was listening to Michelle Steele and Annette Capps this past week. I don't know if y'all have listen, been listening to them or not, but on TV and and they're great together. They've been discussing a lot of Charles Capps' books. And Michelle said this, My speaker needs to be connected to my spirit. The words that comes out of my mouth needs to be connected to my spirit. And I thought, that is such a good thing to say, to think about, that my speaker, my mouth needs to be connected right here. And if it's connected right here to my spirit, it's going to override what this soul is wanting to say. And that's been our problem, as we showed last week. The soul has been overriding our spirit man to where our spirit voice has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker. And we need to have our spirit, spirit voice louder and louder and louder. Amen. So... Uh, it's a process of us making changes, you know, that, that's what it's all about. It's a process of us making changes in all the areas. But you know what? We can do it. We can do it. And you need to tell yourself, I'm going to do this. And, and I'm doing this. And as I was sharing with Barbara earlier, that uh, the things that I've been doing to challenge my body... Uh, I quit saying I'm going to do this, and I've started saying I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It changes uh, your image. I'm doing this. I am doing it. Not I'm going to do it, because going to do it means you hadn't done it yet. Amen? So the words of our mouth are so important. But the Holy Spirit will teach you these things. He will give you wisdom in your speech. And, you know, and we fail. I fail in that. But praise God, he corrects me. And I'm always thankful that he does. But we, you can do it. God sends his power through his words. And God sends his power when we speak his words. The, his power is in his words. Amen. It's his words. It's his words that speaks us and makes us free. That's why it's so important that we say what he says. So, one thing I have learned, because the word is, is truth. Now, when we go to a doctor, it, he's going to tell you the facts, right? He's going to tell you what he sees, in other words. But then we have the truth. What does the truth say? And that's where we've got to keep our, 
our words in line with the truth. Amen. And, and that's true if it's a financial area or, or whatever in your life, you know, that's a challenge. So one thing I've learned is I can't judge truth by my body. His word is truth. And I can't judge what is true by what he's telling me. It is a fact that can be changed to, to obey the truth. Amen. I, I, hope, I, I want the Holy Spirit to minister that to you because the truth is I have been healed. And so I can't judge my body by the way it's acting or what it's telling me. I have to judge my body and, and tell it what the truth is. Body, the truth is you are strong. You are not weak. The word says that the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, oh, that's a hard one for some of you. Did you know? Did you need to start saying that? Let the poor say, I am rich. Well, let me tell you, if you're rich in the word of God, you become rich in prosperity and money. If you're rich in the word of God, it will bring you prosperity. Holy Spirit, you just minister that to people. Because if you're rich in the word of God, you will be doing the, the spiritual laws concerning prosperity. There are spiritual laws to make you prosperous and start doing them. But if it's not in, your, in you, that word is not in you, you won't be doing them. So therefore, prosperity is held off. Well, anyway, that's just another area of our life, isn't it? This world system operates on, on money. So you need it. Amen. So, I don't judge my body but by what the doctor's saying. I judge it by the word of God. And I have to remind it and remind it and remind it and remind it what the word says about my body. Okay. All right. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 12, this is going to be interesting. Let me find it here. Okay. Let's see if I'm there yet. First Timothy 6 and 12. So I had this scripture on my mind last week that says, Fight the good fight of faith. Let me find it here. Verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. But I kept going over and over and over and over. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And so I started diagramming it in my mind. I started doing this during church last Sunday night last Sunday morning, because that scripture kept coming to me, fight the good fight of faith. So, like I said, there's just different scriptures that I diagram in my mind. What is the subject? What is the verb? What is the, pro what is the adverb? What is the adjective? And, you know, that, you know, 
I don't know why I do that, but I learned that when I was a kid. And so I was having difficulty with this particular scripture diagramming it, and I, it wasn't coming together. I knew it wasn't right with my diagramming. So uh, after church last Wednesday night, I went to Janine. I cornered her after church. And I said, um, would you diagram this sentence for me? Well, it's been a long time since you've diagrammed anything too, hadn't it? She said, oh, you know, let's see here. So, but I know there, I thought there's something in this that I need to get out of it. When he tells me to fight the good fight of faith, what's in there, God? What's in there for me? And to diagram it, sometimes it helps me with what he's talking about and all. So she diagrammed it for me. She sent it to me. And she went home. And she started diagramming it and looked it all up and looked up, uh, you know, a lot of commentaries and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate that. So I'm going to read from her paper. Now, when she talked about fight, when it says fight, the good fight, the fight, she diagrammed that. Do y'all remember diagramming? Yeah. Well, the subject was you. You do the fighting. And then she diagrammed it right up here, and she, you know how you do all of this and this and this and right on it and up and down and above and all that. Well, it's really kind of neat. So uh, she wrote the word fight. You fight. Well, that's pretty powerful. People are not fighting. They're letting Kesara, what will be, will be. But this is a message to us when you start diagramming. The verb is fight, and fight, it being a verb, demands action. So you start to fight. But you was the understood subject. Uh, it's all about the spirit you that's on, in your body, that's dwelling in this body. So then, then she wrote under that, it's the verb, it shows action. And then... Um, on the bottom <laughs> where she wrote down um, fight then she said in other words under fight lay hold or seize when we fight for something we're laying hold of something and we're seizing it it becomes ours okay she, it, and she wrote underneath that as an adjective or preposition was on life. Lay hold on. Seize life. She wrote that under there as a preposition to lay hold on. Are you getting it? How, actively have, how active have we been in fighting the fight? This is going to put the fight in you. Amen? And then... Your mind gets involved when you tell your mind to seize it. See, your mind's going to get involved. We're talking about the soul of man. Your soul is going to get involved in your seizing. Faith. In seizing what it is you're believing for. Your mind has to get involved in it. And so then she goes on. Now this is diagram. And uh, fight... The good fight, 
of faith. And then she diagrammed it with the direct object. <laughs> Don't y'all love ladies' Bible study? <laughs> direct, direct object is the noun that receives the action. Okay? And, and then under that, she put the good under fight, the good fight. That's your ad adjective describing that fight, the object. It's going to be a good fight when we fight with the Word of God. Amen? Oh, you teachers, I know you're loving this. But anyway, um, I thought that was so good because I do diagrams sentences a lot of times in my mind and I'll, and I'll do that but this helped me because um, to bring it out are we really fighting are we really seizing is our mind really seizing what God has promised us and the fight of faith we've got to have our, our mind in it We've got to change the way we think. Now then, now Janine, it was a real long process of stuff that you sent me. So I just kind of took out of it what is interesting. And all of this that I'm reading you right now is what she sent me from some commentaries, okay? The Greek word agonizamol, agonizamol, it means to struggle. See, there is, in the fight of faith, there is a struggle sometimes. And sometimes we agonize. That's what he's talking about here. Literally, it means to fight for a prize or to contend with an adversary. To contend with an adversary. Or to endeavor to accomplish something. To strive for something. So that's what we're talking about in fighting. The fight. I'm telling you, there is a fight on for your mind. That's Satan's entrance into everything in your life. It's through your mind, your unrenewed soul that we've been talking about. And, and not always, anything that, that is in our soul and in our mind and our emotions will affect the body. Amen? So, uh, sometimes we, we, we contend, you know, with this thing, you know. So... I love that, that he said there, to endeavor to accomplish something, to strive for something. We're fighting that fight. What's your purpose for fighting for that? You've got to have a purpose for fighting. Then it went on to say there is a struggle in the Christian life. The struggle is not with God, but with ourselves and the devil's lies. I've thought a lot about this because I've read it over and over and over so many times. But the struggle isn't with God. It's with ourselves to fight this fight. I'm telling you, I want the Holy Spirit to put the fight in every one of us here. Let's don't give up. Let's don't accept the lies of the devil. The devil knows that you have been healed. And he's not, he's not going to agree with that. That's some of the lies. The devil will tell you you can't be blessed financially. That's a lie. He knows that. And so the struggle is within ourselves with what the world is telling us and what our situation is telling us. There is a struggle there between that and faith. Amen. Then it goes on to say, this is what uh, still out of the commentary, there is no exemption from this fight. 
those who refuse to fight lose. Well, I'm not going to lose. I'm beefing up the fight. What fight? The fight of faith. Woof. Beef it up. The fight of faith. Isn't that good? Okay. See what you get out of diagramming? Okay. Some people think there is no such thing as a good fight. They just see it as a fight. What's your attitude? This fight that you're fixing to do for faith, you need to see this is a good fight. Don't look at it as a bad one. Well, everything's so bad. No. Boy, it's going to be good. Boy, this fight I'm starting with, it is good. It's going to have good results. Amen. So remember, we're fighting for something. So they, um, some people are only interested in the things that come effortlessly. There's a war going on in your head and your body and the spirit man. Listen, the fight of faith has effort. And let me tell you, it takes some commitment, it takes some diligence, and it takes some, I'm going to do it. Fight the fight of faith. The Christian fight is good because it has already been won by Jesus. All believers are doing is enforcing his victory. That makes for a good fight. Okay. Uh, all believers are doing in this fight of faith is enforcing his victory. We enforce his victory. And that's something that you need to, okay, Holy Spirit. So what do I need to enforce this victory? Then you pray in the Spirit. I'm going to pray in the Spirit what I need to enforce this victory. And when I get through praying in the Spirit what I need to do to enforce this victory, it's, it's mine. And you go on about your business and He will speak to you you may, you, you may not get it right at the moment you pray in the Spirit about it. But you prayed in the Spirit. So, Father, I thank you. I receive that knowledge. And it will come to you at some point in time. What you need to do to enforce the victory that Jesus has already won for you. And that does make it a good fight. Victory is ours. But I'm telling you, I'm not telling you something that's easy. It's something we do. And it is worth the fight. Amen. Now, let's see where I want to go. Okay, let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And, okay, we're going to look at verse 9. Uh, this is a scripture that has been important to me through the years. I love it when the Holy Spirit, you know, brings those scriptures back to you when you need them that you've learned and heard over the years. Now, uh, this actually was dealing with um, King Asa here, and um, this is something that the Lord had said. But this, this is talking to me in verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. 
Herein thou hast done foolishly, up until now you've done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. I'm going to see if I want how far I want to go with this. I think probably that's the main, the main thing there. But what I wanted you to see was the eyes of the Lord are going throughout this room right this minute looking for those that he can show himself strong to. I have an answer. Look no further, Lord. It's me. I want to be that person that you can show yourself strong to. Girls, I can't say enough how valuable this word of God is to you. You will not make changes without this. Uh, 16 verse 9. You cannot have a lifestyle change without this word. You won't do it. Your soul will not allow you to do it. I value this word. It is so important to me. And I make sure I get several hours of it a day. Do I do other stuff? Do I watch it? Yes, I do. But I make sure I get so much word every day that whatever comes my way, I know what to do. I know what to say. I'm not saying, you, you know, that I, I, that I don't do other things. I do. But I know how to do them and when to do them and what, you know, all of that. But this word brings change to your life. If you don't know it, you won't do it. Knowledge comes with doing. Amen. And that's why I'm encouraging us in, in increasing the fight. The word of God says the violent take it by force. The force of faith is what takes it. Now you need to get that. I need to get that. When he says the violent take it by force, what is the force? Faith. Faith is your force. It brings into being what God has already provided for you. And it will change the image you have of yourself. It will change the image of of, of what will be, praise God. So that's important. So, God's word translation of Second Chronicles, the Lord's eyes scan the whole world to find those whose hearts are committed to him and to strengthen them. His eyes are searching this whole world to somebody that he can give strength to. Look no further. Look no further. That's me, Lord. Amen. So uh, we're going to go, man, I think I can get this in, to the book of Job. Um, let me find Job here. The book of Job. He is back before Psalms. Okay. And this is a perfect example. I may have to end on that in order for me to get out of here for that meeting. Um, this is a soul that was malnourished. Malnourished. It was not nourished, in other words. And his soul was so malnourished by everything that happened to his family. And this is an example of how it affected his attitude and his mouth. So uh, let's go to Job. Let's look at chapter 3 real quick first before we go to chapter 7. Because he got in so much fear, he started offering all of these uh, sacrifices and everything 
just thinking that maybe his children were committing sin. Maybe. So, anyway, verse 25 of Job 3 is so important to our life. For the thing, he says, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Are you afraid of cancer? Are you afraid of diabetes? Are you afraid of this? Are you afraid of that? If you are, it'll come to you. Fear is the magnet. Okay, so he says, I was not in safety. Because of his fear, he was not in safety. Neither had I rest. His soul had no rest. It had no peace. I was not in safety. Neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet. So trouble came. Now, I ask you to let the Holy Spirit teach you on this concerning your situation. Okay, now then, let's go to Job chapter 7. Oh, just listen to him. Look at verse, start with verse 3. So, am I made to possess months of vanity and wearisome nights are appointed to me? This is it, that old pity party coming out. When I lie down, I say, when shall I rise and not be gone? I can hardly wait for morning, is what he's saying. And I am full of tossings to and fro unto the dawning of the day. All night long I'm tossing to and fro. Well, I've had to change my confessions on that. My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. Isn't he pitiful? My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. The eye of him, the, the Lord will minister to you on certain of these. The eye of him that has seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanished away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. Therefore, now here's where I wanted to go. I didn't have to read y'all that, all his pity party we'll get into later. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. Now that is something to look at. All of these thoughts that he was expressing with his mouth, he says, I'm not going to stop speaking that. I'm not going to take control of my mouth. That's pretty sad. Well, what's the Holy Spirit telling you to take control of today with your mouth? He says, therefore, I will, things are so bad, I'm not going to, just forget it. Just forget the word. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. And that word spirit there is talking about your soul. I'm going to go ahead and speak what my soul says. The way my emotions are, the way I feel. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak that. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. We do that. We don't need to do that. Amen. Praise God for the word of God. Um, I want us to look at uh, verse 20 real quick um, of chapter 7. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him and that thou shouldest visit him every morning and try him every moment? That's not where I want to go. 
where I want to go is verse 20. I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee, so that I am a burden to myself? We can become a burden to ourselves by the way we talk, by the way we see things, by the things that we do. We have got to remove that burden off of ourselves. In other words, we've got to clean out this soul. We've got to reclothe our soul. I'm telling you, uh, he said, and, and look down at verse, uh, chap, yeah, chapter 8 and verse 2. How long will thou speak these things? And how long shall the words of my, thy mouth be like a strong wind? Then in, in chapter 10, I'm kind of hurrying here. Let me turn over to chapter 10. Um, let me see what verse that is that I want to go to. He continues with his pity party. Verse 1, my soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, do not condemn me. Show me wherefore thou contendest with me. Is it good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress. He goes on and on and on. He just, he just continues in chapter 10 talking about his soul. And I mean, he really gets into a pity party. The book of Job is a great book for you to sit down and read because it is full. But he's saying uh, in chapter 10, he just continues to have his pity party. That's all he's doing. He said, my soul is weary of my life. What a terrible thing to say. But you know that's a condition of a lot of people's souls. They are weary of their life. Well, let's do something about it. Amen. He says, I will leave my complaint upon myself. Ooh. I will speak, he said, in the bitterness. The words that was coming out of him was coming from a bitter soul. You know, if life seems bitter to you, don't speak from a bitter soul. Amen? So on and on he speaks. You know, Satan's like a roaring lion. He is seeking those he can devour. He's listening. He's watching to see if he can find an entrance into your life and into my life. Through our soul and through our body. He's listening to what comes out of that soul. So we'll take up here... In 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 13, uh, next Tuesday, where he tells us to gird up the loins of our mind. And we'll take up there, but, but we'll take up here and get into that. But girls, we've got to fight the good fight of faith. And the thing of it is, the fight of faith is good. It is good, and it will bring us what God's Word promises us. But start fighting. I mean, get you a fighting spirit. And let's take back what Satan has stolen from us. Amen. Praise God. Well, you can stand. Praise God. I love you girls. Aren't we growing? Aren't we? I mean, we're growing. Our, our spirit's getting bigger than our soul. You know, it's taking ascendancy over the world, the way the world's been teaching us. 
And we're going to walk out the lifestyle of God. I want to walk out the lifestyle God has for us. Amen. So, Father, I bring this family of yours before you. Oh, Father, they're great women of God. Oh, I see them, Father, walking throughout this land. Everywhere they go, that the Spirit of God is bigger on the inside of them than what the world presents to them. And I thank you that they do have the tongue of the learned. They will speak when, where, what, and had how to speak to a word in season to anybody that needs the word that's abounding in them. I thank you, Father, that we are all blessed. I thank you that we're learning, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to us today what we need to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a super great day.